Man, welcome to the Teal Shirt Report. My goodness, we've got episode 53, season number two. We got a lot of stuff about the Jaguars. Going to be um, updating the 53-man roster for the Jaguars uh, here on your Teal Shirt Report. Uh, the Teal Shirt Report podcast is listened to in as many as 36 states and plus worldwide and internationally as well. Brought to you by Anchor.fm. Simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Also by LakeUfallahits.com, where it's all good. Great internet radio, LakeUfallahits.com. And also by uh, Saucer Realty for your real estate needs uh, here in North Florida. Home, residential, business, commercial real estate, whether you're buying or selling. Contact Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty uh, here in North Florida. Hey, Larry sanctioned to sell and buy real estate in Jacksonville, Gainesville, Live Oak, Lake City, and, and most all areas in between. That's Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty. So our sponsors of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with all their great creation tools and wonderful enhancements and improvements we've seen over the last year or so. Again, Saucerility, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast, and LakeUfallHits.com, great internet radio where it's it's all good. This is episode show number 53. 53 makes me think of the Miami Dolphins back in the early 1970s before the Jacksonville Jaguars were ever born with their famous and vaunted 53 defense is what they called it back then. So, and we'll try to find some number 53s uh, during this episode of the podcast as well. In North Florida, believe it or not, back in the early 70s when the Dolphins won a couple of Super Bowls, there were a lot of Miami Dolphin fans right here in North Florida, and fans of and fans of other teams too. Uh, today on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, we'll cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, their new and up to date roster. As we record this podcast on Sunday, September the fifth, we'll take a look at the latest on the Jacksonville Jaguars SEC football week one. Hey, week one in the books for the SEC. We'll take a look at the BigJReport.com SEC power rankings. We've got other area sports, uh, North Florida entertainment, and much, much more. And we'll check a high school uh, football scoreboard for, I think, week number two uh, for most of the high schools in North Florida, South Georgia, and even pockets of South Alabama. I think there's a team in South Alabama, Eufaula. Uh, I believe they've already played like three games. But we'll take a look at um, high school football. High school football scoreboard, other area sports, SEC football power rankings in college football as college football gets underway, North Florida Entertainment, and of course, the latest. We're going to move right into and talk about the latest about the Jacksonville Jaguars on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So get ready. Duval. Here we go. More coming up. Hey, it's a Teal Shirt 
Report Podcast. My name is Scott. Going to take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Preseason is in the books. Hey, college football is underway. The Florida Gators won their opener. It was uh, 35-14 to over the FAU Owls, Florida Atlantic Owls. Florida won 35-14. to We'll have more on the Florida Gators and the SEC coming up. But right now, let's take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars roster. And the first thing I want to say is, man, we had quarterback back depth a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We had four quarterbacks. We had, man, we had Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Beathard, Gardner Minshew, and even Jake Luton, who we thought would probably end up on the practice squad. A lot's happened. Um, You know, Jake Luton got waived, and he got picked up by the Seattle Seahawks. Gardner Minshew got traded to the Eagles for a six-round pick that could climb to a fifth-round pick. Depending on how much Gardner Minshew plays for the Eagles, is he going to start? Time will tell. Let's see uh, how much he plays for the Eagles. But in any event, how does this affect the Jaguars? Down to two quarterbacks now. We all know and, and knew that Trevor Lawrence, the number one draft pick overall, generational quarterback who might be the best prospect since John Elway back in the 1980s, early to mid-1980s. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Trevor Lawrence, is going to be the guy. He's going to, he's going to play every snap unless there's an injury or he needs a little bit of rest. But C.J. Beathard kind of won the backup job in camp. He played pretty well most games. I think C.J. played really good in at least two out of three of the preseason games. So if Trevor, you know, if Trevor plays 14, 15 games and Beathard has to play two or three games during the season, maybe that's worst-case scenario. If we can keep Trevor Lawrence healthy predominantly throughout the season where he plays at least 90% of the snaps, I would be happy with that. He might play all 17 games, but we'll see how it goes. But that's where we are. The Jags open the season in Houston on Sunday, September the 12th. In fact, uh, let's see if there's any odds on that game. I'll check with my source here, and we'll see if they – you know, if they're they're doing any odds yet for the Jaguars and the Texans. We're still about a week away from the game as we record uh, this podcast. So we'll take a look. There may be some early odds on the game. I mean, you know, the 53s are out there. Everybody's cut down to their 53 as they did on the last day of August, back on August 31st. Let's take a look at um, one of the sources I have about who's favored, you know, who's not. The game is being played September the 12th, 1 o'clock p.m. kickoff at NRG Stadium in Houston. It's a home opener for best for both teams. And, um, you know, it looks like, it looks like, um, you know, it actually looks like um, the Jaguars may be a slight two, two-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, one of the sources believes Houston will win the game. So that's interesting. And that's from a reliable sports book that puts out predictions. They're saying Houston will win the game, cover the spread, and the total will perhaps go over. (laughs) A little advice there. However, the game's got to be played on the field on September the 12th, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it looks like, uh, based on what I'm looking at, though, um, Jaguars about a two, two and a half point favorite. Uh, maybe I'll get some more odds on the game 
odds on Jaguars versus the uh, Texans. It's like, and this is on the road too. The Texans roster is, is not the greatest. It looks like they're, they're not going to be playing Deshaun Watson with all the off the field issues he's had. Um, I believe Tyrod Taylor's playing for them. I, I do believe. Um, let's take a look. Jaguars and Houston. Okay. I'm actually going to pull up. Uh, it's, yeah, it's uh, about two and a half points. I'm seeing actually anywhere from two to three points, but most scenarios um, have the Jags with a about a the Jags are actually about a two and a half point favorite on the road. That means uh, most of your, you know, folks that you know build and create point spreads probably like Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback better than Tyrod Taylor, and probably like the Jags roster. Slightly better than the Texans roster. So we'll see what happens. Let's check the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars roster, though. Um, Jamal Andrews, a guy that didn't play. I don't think he played very much at all during the preseason. They kind of held him out. Uh, number 39, Jamal Andrew. Agnew, I should say. That's. I think I might have called him Andrew, but it's Agnew. Jamal Agnew, number 39, wide receiver. And he had to get one of those wide receiver slots. He's a kickoff returner, basically. 5'10", about 190 pounds, 26 years of age, five years in the NFL now out of San Diego. He'll wear number 39. Uh, Dakota Allen plays linebacker number 53. Hey, and uh, hey, we stumbled upon a number 53 here on episode number 53 of the Tail Shirt Report podcast. So we're going to talk about Dakota Allen Number 53, linebacker, six foot one, 232 pounds, 25 years of age in his third year out of Texas Tech. Dakota Allen wears number 53 and plays linebacker for the Jaguars. Jaguars are going to need a lot of linebackers. A lot of linebackers are needed in the new 3-4 scheme that defensive coordinator uh, Joe Cullen will employ for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like this scheme better. I, I think it's – you know what I think it's going to do on defense? It's going to make things more unpredictable for the opposing offensive coordinators, the opposing head coaches, and even the opposing, especially the veteran quarterbacks. So what, you, what you're looking at with uh, Joe Cullen's scheme is guys perhaps coming from all over the place. And I think we'll see guys lining up in different ways, a lot of linebackers on the field off and on. Um the defensive line, that was an issue last year that apparently has been dramatically improved. The defensive line looked a lot better in the preseason, and certainly it did during the 2020 regular season. So the defensive line should be improved. A lot of linebackers the Jags are counting on. Uh, you know, some young guys like uh, Quarterman, a local kid that played, I believe, his high school ball at Oak Leaf. We'll talk more about him in a few minutes, but Dakota Allen wears number 53, so we'll kind of highlight him on the 53rd episode and show of season two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Josh Allen, the Jags are counting on him. Man, he just was not right in 2020. Maybe he was right for a game or two. Battled some injuries in 2020. I just don't think he was right most of the year. Let's hope he's right this year. I know he was in the, uh, the COVID protocol which is what called the uh, reserve COVID-19 list. And, and Josh Allen was on that, uh, you know, a few weeks back. 
Looks like he's healthy, ready to go. And Joe Cullen, the defensive coordinator's uh, new scheme, 3-4 scheme, it's going to, in a lot of cases, employ, you know, a nose tackle, some tight defensive tackle play near the center. And uh, Josh Allen is, is listed where he should be, at defensive end linebacker. So basically what that tells me, and should tell most of the Jaguars fans and our audience listening out there, is that Josh Allen at times will play defensive end, at times linebacker. And I think in Joe Cullen, defensive coordinator Joe Cullen's scheme, Josh Allen will see the field more. Some players you got to have on the field, you got to have them on the field more than they did last year. I mean, the scheme didn't allow for some guys to be on the field as probably as much as they, sh- they should have been on the field. So Josh Allen, number 41, his pass rushing ability is going to come into play. You know, he's always thought of coming out of Kentucky as being a tackling machine. He made a lot of tackles. He can play defensive end, linebacker, and he's going to be paid his money to be a pass rusher. He's a big guy, 6'5", 262 pounds, just 24 years old, entering his third NFL year with the Jacksonville Jaguars, his third NFL season with the Jacksonville Jaguars out of Kentucky. Tavon Austin's a veteran guy that probably made the team after Travis Etienne got injured, went on IR, and it looks like Travis Etienne is out for the entire year. So Tavon Austin may have made the team by virtue of that. Um, Tavon Austin, about uh, 5'8", 176 pounds, nine-year veteran out of West Virginia, and he's played on many NFL teams. Uh, Ben Barch, by the way, Tavon Austin will wear number 34. Uh, Ben Barch, number 78, offensive lineman, 6'6", 309 pounds, 23 years of age. In his second year out of St. John's out of Minnesota, Uh, He'll basically be a guard, a backup guard for the Jaguars uh, moving into his second season. Uh, He did play offensive tackle in college at uh, Little St. John's, uh, Minnesota, smaller college. Uh, But big-sized guy, 6'6", 309 pounds. They often kind of made sport of him by saying, hey, he put on some much-needed weight by drinking smoothies. That was said about the time he was drafted. Uh, last year in 2020 by former general manager uh, Dave Codwell. But Ben Barch is uh, going to wear 78, offensive lineman, six foot six, 309 pounds, 23 years of age, entering his second year out of St. John's out of Minnesota. Uh, C.J. Beathard, backup quarterback. We're kind of going in alphabetical order here. C.J. Beathard, backup quarterback, wearing number three, had a good preseason, played really well in two out of the three preseason games, but hey, preseason's over with now. C.J. Beathard is not going to see the field as a quarterback uh, much unless Trevor Lawrence goes down with an injury or needs to come out of the game for a play or two, a play or two during during a game. Uh, C.J. Beathard, number three, quarterback, six foot two, 215 pounds, 27 years of age. Uh, In his fifth year out of Iowa, he spent his first four years of his NFL career with the San Francisco 49ers before they, San Francisco didn't uh, uh, renew his contract or or did not give him a new contract. San Francisco has just drafted a quarterback, plus they have Jimmy Garoppolo too. So his, his, I guess his space ran out in San Francisco. 49ers went a different route drafted a very young quarterback, plus he still have a veteran in Jimmy Garoppolo. So they didn't re-sign Beathard. And, uh, you know, they kind of 
gave him that news very, very early. So he had a chance to sign with another team and sign with the Jaguars for a pretty decent uh, contract, his second contract in the NFL. C.J. Beathard, the backup quarterback for the Jags, uh, wearing number three, quarterback six foot two, two 215 pounds, 27 years old, entering his fifth year in the NFL out of Iowa from uh, college. We'll talk more about the Jaguars roster coming up as the Teal Shirt Report continues. Stay with us because we're also going to talk about the BigJReport.com um, SEC power rankings after week one of the college football season. Uh, we're going to talk about high school football. I have a high school football uh, scoreboard for you to take a look at most all the high school football scores, most of them from North Florida, South Georgia, surrounding areas, a little small pocket of high school football uh, that we give you out of South Alabama as well. We'll take a look at other area sports and North Florida entertainment. And we'll continue with the Jacksonville Jaguars roster, giving you our thoughts about the Jacksonville Jaguars roster as the Jaguars move into the new 2021 season and prepare to open the season in Houston against the Houston Texans. The Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars, about a two and a half point favorite going into that game, as we can see from uh, you know most of the so-called experts out there. Jags, a two and a half point favorite. Uh, against the Houston Texans in Houston, kickoff September the 12th, uh, this coming Sunday, September the 12th, and that'll be actually we're recording this podcast on Sunday, September the 5th, so officially next Sunday, or as you listen to it, this co- this upcoming Sunday, on Sunday, September the 12th, kickoff at 1 o'clock, the Jacksonville Jaguars open the season with game one in Houston against the Houston Texans. Uh, We've got more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, hello. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to get back to the Jaguars roster. Take a look at all 53 on the uh, current Jacksonville Jaguars roster. As of September the 5th, uh, Jaguars uh, signing a new tight end in uh, Mr. Hollister. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, We also want to wish um, uh, Mrs., uh, Mrs. Zoe, Zoe Caritha Martha, a very happy birthday from her guy, uh, Big George Bowen, number 99, who played for the Southern Steam in the Elite Indoor Football League in uh, 2021. I talked to George. He's, he's hopeful of being back with the Southern Steam next year if everything, everything falls right. He also played for the West Virginia Rough Riders in the West Virginia Rough Riders alumni game up in Wheeling, West Virginia. Happy birthday to Zoe Caritha Martha from from her guy, uh, Big George Bowen, number 99, who played his football with the Southern Steam in 2021. Uh, let's get back to the – and by the way, happy birthday wishes to Zoe. Hope you have a very, very happy birthday uh, to Zoe Caritha Martha. I want to thank all of our folks listening in as many as 36 states, including Montana. Uh, Florida, 
Georgia, Ohio, uh, state of Washington, and everywhere. Boy, there was a big upset. We got listeners in Montana, too. There was a big upset in college football uh, yesterday on Saturday, September the 4th. As if you hadn't heard, the Washington Huskies actually got defeated. They got defeated uh, by Montana. I believe it was 13-7. to Boy, that was a... That was actually a very, very uh, huge upset in uh, college football. Again, the Montana Grizzlies defeating the Washington Huskies by the score of 13-7. to Must have been some rain or something up there, a low-scoring game. But Montana, they play in a, a little bit of a smaller level of Division I football. They play a step lower. Uh, but they've got a really good program. But Montana, who, you know, they played the some of the, the Pac-12 teams early in the year. They surprised Washington. Montana, 13. The Washington Huskies, 7. You know, on Saturday, September the 4th. We'll take a look, look at a lot of the college football action coming up as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues as well. Again, we want to thank all of our listeners and as many listening to us in as many as 36 states, Florida, Ohio, state of Washington, up in Montana, uh, comedian uh, Miller Mark uh, up in New York listening in. And again, we, we're very thankful for the folks that listen to us again in as many as 36 states in the United States. And, of course, worldwide in many, many places, uh, you know, Canada, Puerto Rico, Northern Ireland, Hong Kong. Hey, guys. And uh, many, 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 many other places. So, again, thank you for tuning in. Let's get back to the Jaguars roster. We last left off with uh, C.J. Beathard, number three, the backup quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked about him uh, prior to our last break. Malcolm Brown who the Jaguars gave up a seventh-round pick to the New Orleans Saints for. Uh, Malcolm Brown was kind of a sa- salary cap casualty for the Saints as they were trying to get under the salary cap. And the Jaguars picked him up, you know, for you know, just a seventh-round pick. He's probably one of the – he could be one of the top 10, 15 run st- uh, stuffers in the NFL and is really helping to improve the Jaguars' defensive line going into the 2021 season. Malcolm Brown wears number 98. He's a defensive tackle, six foot two, 320 pounds, 27 years of age, still in his prime, and going into his seventh NFL season out of Texas. He's now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of uh, heads turned when Taven Bryan made the team. You know, he had really been scrutinized by many, you know, in some parts of the media, the fans, et cetera. Taven Bryan going into his fourth year and final year in his, his contract with the Jaguars. Taven Bryan wearing number 90. A defensive lineman, six foot five, 291 pounds, 25 years of age, going into his fourth year out of Florida. And I remember when Taven was drafted, people said, man, that guy is big. Not only is he big, but fast. I think Tom Coughlin might have been the guy responsible for drafting him. Uh, between Codwell and Tom Coughlin. Uh, but Taven Bryan had a fast 40 time for a big guy, about 6'5", 291. So the Jaguars had this feeling, hey, if they if they passed on Taven Bryan, could they be passing on the next J.J. Watt? Well, Taven Bryan hasn't been J.J. Watt, but they love the measurables, the physical specimen of the guy in Taven Bryan. 
just hoping for the light switch to go on because up to now, he's basically been what a lot of people call a mucker. If you, you understand what that means, a mucker, uh, kind of means he's the guy that kind of clears things out for the other guy to make the tackle. And obviously, with him being a first-round pick, he needs to be more of a dominant player than that. So we'll see what happens in year four uh, for Saban Bryan. Tyson Campbell, drafted top of the second round in 2021 out of the University of Georgia. Tyson Campbell wearing number 32, a cornerback, six foot one, 195 pounds, 21 years of age, a rookie out of Georgia. Uh, Caleb on chase on who everybody's counting on to be a pass rusher. He's listed kind of like uh, Josh Allen is defensive end linebacker in the new Joe Cullen scheme of things where we're going to play basically a three, four, but you'll see a kind of a mix and uh, mix match. And you'll see some mixing and matching and players coming from different directions, different angles. I think there'll be a lot of surprise attacks with this defense which is great because last year and in the last couple of years, the last two, two and a half years, it seems like the other offensive coordinators, the other opposing quarterbacks, the other opposing head coaches had kind of figured out the scheme that Todd Wash was running. So I would I would compare this scheme to the old scheme of Todd Wash's by saying, hey, this scheme, this new scheme, three or four, the three, four defense is going to have a lot more people flying around uh, we'll see the uh, you know the guys rushing the passer coming from different directions. I think we're going to see more of an element of surprise, but at the same time, we're going to see a much better defensive line against the run, and that's probably one of the biggest keys. So Caleb on Jason, hopeful he's going to be one of the pass rushers that really have a good year um, along with Josh Allen. Caleb on Jason wearing number 45. Six foot three, 254 pounds out of LSU, just 22 years of age in his second year in the NFL. DJ Chark moving into his fourth year uh, out of LSU, number 17 wide receiver. He should be the Jags' number one wide receiver, especially if he steps up and his potential, his full potential, you know, comes comes to the surface. DJ Chark, number 17. Andre Sisco, a third-round pick atop of the third round, number 38. Uh, has looked good in preseason. A safety six foot, two hundred nine pounds. The Jaguars have a lot of safeties on the roster. Twenty one years old, a rookie out of Syracuse. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Claybrooks made the team, and he's probably the backup kickoff returner. Uh, Jamal Agnew looks like he's going to be the main kickoff returner. Is why the Jaguars signed him in the offseason as a free agent and kind of held him out some during the preseason. Not sure if he was completely healthy. I'm sure he is now. I think he was held out some. Chris Claybrooks, who played at Memphis, um, you know, and and he played some, I believe, for the the current, uh, the new uh, head coach at FSU, Mike Norvell, because he used to be at Memphis a couple years ago before he was, before he took the FSU job. Chris Claybrooks has made the team as a cornerback, and return specialist also, 27, wearing number 27. Hey, that's the old Fortnite number. Chris Claybrook's wearing number 27, five foot nine, 179 pounds, 24 years of age, second year as a pro. He was drafted late in the 2020 draft. You know, I think Chris Claybrook's was what drafted in the sixth or seventh round. So, you know, Claybrook's, 
has shown some promise, played well in preseason in the defensive backfield. Logan Cook, probably one of the better punters now in the NFL, perhaps. He's a, boy, he had a couple of games where he got 50-plus averages in the preseason on his punts. Uh, going into his fourth year of his rookie contract, wearing number nine, Logan Cook, punter, six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds, twenty six years of age, out of Mississippi State. Um, let's take a look at some more players on the roster. Daniel Aquali, ninety nine, wearing number ninety nine, defensive tackle, six three, three hundred and pounds, three hundred pounds out of Washington State. Luke Farrell, tight end, six foot five, two hundred and fifty eight pounds. I'm uh, going to be a tight end. I believe he was a fifth-round pick, drafted by his old coach, Urban Meyer, and, of course, the general manager, Trent Baalke of the Jaguars. Luke Farrell plays tight end for the Jaguars, and I think he's going to be listed probably, you know, I'd say probably as a third-string tight end uh, behind James O'Shaughnessy and behind um, – you know, the blocking uh, tight end the Jaguars have on the roster that we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, and uh, he could be the four-string tight end based on how Hollister comes around for the Jaguars, too. So you got Hollister and Farrell and James O'Shaughnessy, and then you got the blocking tight end, who his name escapes me for a moment, but we'll bring him up uh, here in just a moment as well. And that, of course, that is actually Chris Manhurt. Sorry about that, Chris. Chris Manhurt's number 84 tight end, six foot six out of Canisius College. Uh, last played, you know, last season with the Carolina Panthers, one of the better blocking tight ends in the National Football League. Um, continuing with the roster, um, we talked about Luke Farrell, tight end number 89 out of Ohio State, a rookie, will be probably the third or fourth string tight end. Rudy Ford, who had especially a really good preseason game against Dallas with really a couple of good tackles out of Auburn. Rudy, Rudy Ford, in his fifth year in the league, signed as a free agent with the Jaguars in the offseason, where number five, Adam Gotsis, number 96 defensive end, 6'4", 287 pounds out of Georgia Tech. Um, let's see, Shaquille Griffin, probably the top defensive back on the team, playing cornerback, big, big free agent contract, about four years, $40 million plus. Uh, for Shaquille Griffin, this is his big contract in which uh, he's going into the fifth year of his NFL career at a UCF. And I tell you what, he's going to really solidify the defensive, uh, the back end of the uh, defensive backfield. Shaquille Griffin, uh, he wears number 26 cornerback, six foot, 198 pounds, 26 years of age. Uh, fifth year out of UCF Central Florida, played with Seattle before he was signed uh, with the Jaguars as a free agent. Devon Hamilton, number 52, defensive tackle, 6'4", 320 pounds. Uh, number 24, let's see, no, he's 24 years of age. <laughs> Devon Hamilton, a lot of numbers. A lot of numbers we're throwing at you. He wears number 52, defensive tackle. 6'4", 320 pounds, 24 years of age, second year out of Ohio State. And they said his improvement has been incredible. Devon Hamilton has been talked about around the NFL and particularly with his teammates that he could possibly uh, become one of the better defensive tackles, run stuffers, nose tackles in the NFL. Uh, C.J. Henderson, who was on the COVID list a few weeks ago, 
came off the COVID list, started working out on the side and and played in the preseason and played well at times, well enough where I, I'm sure he's a starter at one of the cornerback slots. Um, he wears number 23, C.J. Henderson, cornerback, six foot one, 204 pounds, 22 years of age, second year out of Florida. Trey Herndon still on this team. He's been on this Jaguars team for a while. Out of Vanderbilt, four years in the league now. I think he spent all four years with the Jaguars. And, uh, you know, he was the guy that when uh, the Jags had traded Jalen Ramsey, he, he was Jalen's pretty much immediate replacement. Trey Herndon is going to be more of a, a nickel guy. I don't think he starts, but he'll play a lot. He could be the nickel back along with maybe another player or two. Uh, but Trey Herndon on the roster on the 53, and he's a, an experienced guy now in his fourth year out of Vanderbilt. Uh, Carlos Hyde is back with his uh, second tour of duty with the Jacksonville Jaguars, played for Urban Meyer in college. And I think he's, you know, he's kind of listed as the second string running back right behind James Robinson. So he'll, they'll get a few carries, you know, every game. Carlos Hyde wearing number 24 out of Ohio state, about six foot, 229 pounds. And let's see, Carlos getting a little older now. Let's see. Carlos is actually 30 years of age. That's right, Carlos Hyde now up to uh, about 30 years of age. Other guys on the roster, Miles Jack, linebacker, man, six years out of UCLA, and a lot of people didn't think he'd last in the league that long because of some injuries that scared away a lot of teams from drafting him. The Jags actually got him in the second round, and he's going into his sixth season, well thought of in the community. He's also part owner of the Iceman hockey team as well. Uh, that's Miles Jack. Rayshon Jenkins, a safety who was signed um, signed away from the L.A. Chargers, played his college ball at Miami. He's kind of coming home and um, good friends with uh, Shaquille Griffin, so they've kind of been reunited here in Jacksonville. Rayshon uh, Jenkins wearing number two, safety, six foot, 220 pounds, 27 years of age, fifth year in the NFL out of uh, Miami. One of the players the Jags have just recently signed off of waivers, Tyron Johnson, formerly wide receiver with the L.A. Chargers and some other teams as well. And if I'm reading this correctly, I believe Tyron Johnson, is he wearing number zero or does he just not have a number yet? Wide receiver, six foot one, 193 pounds, 25 years of age. Um, second year out of Oklahoma State. So, man, his rookie year was kind of up, kind of topsy-turvy. You know, playing for some different teams uh, with the L.A. Chargers, of course, last year. Um, Tyron Johnson, apparently Urban Meyer liked him a good bit. So did Trent Baalke, and they signed him, uh, I believe, with their first pick off the waivers after everybody, after all the teams had cut down to their 53. Jags got Marvin Jones Jr., steady a wide receiver veteran who's probably going to be the number two wide receiver right near right near the top of the wide receiver list. DJ Chark is probably 1A. Marvin Jones is 1B. Josh Lambo is the kicker, very accurate. Um, Josh Lambo wears number four. Trevor Lawrence starting quarterback. We've talked about Trevor uh, at length. We'll just say he's wearing number 16, quarterback, six foot six, can run like a deer, 213 pounds, 21 years old, and a rookie out of Clemson. He was at the Clemson-Georgia game. Saturday, in which uh, Georgia actually beat Clemson 10-3. to Brandon Linder, if he can stay healthy, he's probably the best offensive lineman the Jaguars have. Number 65 offensive lineman who started his career with the Jags as a guard. 
has moved to center, played center the last uh, probably three seasons or so. He's about six foot six, three hundred and fifteen pounds. Signed a huge contract for about fifty-one million dollars with the Jags about four years ago. Um, and let's see, he's his eighth year in the league. My goodness, time flies when you're having fun, right? Um, he spent all eight years in the NFL now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Walker Little, a rookie, offensive tackle, six foot seven, three hundred and nine pounds. Um, I don't think he played any college ball last year at all. He's been injured for the last year or two, but now he's they say he's completely healthy. He's the main offensive tackle backup for the Jags at left tackle, maybe even at right tackle too. Um, he's drafted out of Stanford. Jaguars actually drafted him. Um, let's see. It was with their second pick in the second round, I believe, after drafting Tyson Campbell. A few picks later, then they got Walker Little out of Stanford. Walker Little to wear number 72 and be mainly a backup at offensive tackle, but he could push for a starting spot in the lineup soon. Chris Manhurts, a tight end, who I forgot his name earlier, wearing number 84, tight end. He may see more balls than he think, thinks he will this year from Trevor Lawrence. As if he's open, you know, they'll get him the ball. However, he's more known for his blocking skills, played with the Carolina Panthers last year. Number 84, tight end. I'd say James O'Shaughnessy and Chris Manhurts are your top two tight ends, while, you know, Luke Farrell and Hollister, you know, the, the guy that the uh, uh, Jaguars just signed um, off of waivers. He played for Buffalo, and then I guess, according to J.C., you know, who actually follows the Buffalo Bills a good bit. Apparently, he said, well, Hollister may not have been quite good enough to make Buffalo, but the Jaguars have interest in him. They needed a tight end, so they've signed uh, Hollister now you know, off the waiver wire. Long snapper Ross Matissic wearing number 46. Lorente McRae, defensive end number 55, made the team. Andrew Norwell has battled some injuries in the preseason. Should be good to go when the season starts on Sunday, September the 12th. Andrew Norwell, number 68. I do know Andrew, as, as most of you know, when he first signed with the Jaguars, uh, what about what about three or four years ago, he signed a huge contract. I know that contract has been renegotiated down some, as he did take a little bit less money. He's still making pretty good money, though. Andrew Norwell does have some past ties with uh, Urban Meyer. He played at Ohio State. Hopefully, Andrew Norwell is healthy, ready to go. He's wearing number 68. And is normally penciled in when he's healthy to be the starting left guard at six foot six, three hundred and twenty-five pounds for the Jacksonville Jaguars. James O'Shaughnessy, the tight end, probably the the best pass uh, receiving threat the Jags have as far as tight ends go. Wearing number eighty, tight end, six foot four, two hundred and forty-five pounds, twenty-nine years of age, in his seventh season out of Illinois State. Um, he used to play for the Patriots. The Patriots had cut him loose, and then the Jags picked him up. And I think actually the Jags did. I think they released James O'Shaughnessy for a brief time in the offseason, then re-signed him quickly. Um, probably the third-string running back is Derry Gunbowali, number 33 running back. He's uh, He gives you a little bit of pass-catching ability out of the backfield. I think that's why he made the team. Um, Divine uh, Zigbo, Divine Zigbo did not make the 53, but he's on the practice squad. Aaron Patrick, number 94, defensive end, 6'4", 245 pounds. 
defensive end out of Eastern Kentucky, is on the roster. Uh, Shaquille Quarterman, local kid out of Jacksonville, played his college ball in Miami. I believe he played high school ball at Oakleaf, wearing number 50, linebacker, six foot, 234 pounds. He's the guy that uh, the Jags obtained in the fourth round when they got a fourth round pick. They got the fourth round pick from the Bears last year in 2020 in the Nick Foles trade. The Jaguars turned that fourth round pick into Shaquille Quarterman, a linebacker, six foot, 234 pounds out of Miami, out of the U. And Shaquille Quarterman, he's been playing a lot of football. He'll, he'll see some action. And he's going to be in the rotation, might even start. Uh, Will Richardson Jr. played some good guard in the last preseason game of the victory against the Cowboys. Still on the roster. I thought maybe he might be a guy on the outside looking in, but he's on the team right now. Although I think uh, there's going to be a, an, another cut when AJ Can comes off the COVID, the uh, COVID nineteen reserve list. Uh, a guy I really liked that looked really really good in the uh, last preseason game. You know, as we're getting kind of lengthy with the roster, of course, but Roy Robertson Harris, number ninety five, looks good on the defensive line for the Jaguars. Cam Robinson, left tackle, uh, wearing number 74. Cam's getting over a sprained ankle. They said Cam otherwise has had a good training camp. Your top running back on the team, they got 1,000 yards rushing, in over over 1,000 yards rushing in his first 13 games last year as an undrafted rookie free agent. James Robinson's your starting running back. Uh, And James Robinson wears number 30. Chappelle Russell, number 49, one of the linebackers on the Jaguars, still on the roster. Tyler Shatley, the backup center on the offensive line, wears number 69. LaVisca Chenault, he's going to be a star in this league, wearing number 10. Wide receiver, six foot one, 227 pounds. You'll see the kid line up as a wide receiver. He'll be a slot guy. You might see him in the backfield sometimes. LaVisca Chenault, wearing number 10, one of my favorite players, and I think he's going to be a star in the NFL. Number 10, wide receiver, LaVisca Chenault, probably the number three wide receiver on the team, uh, you know, just behind um, DJ Chark. DJ Chark is just about 100% healthy now, and Marvin Jones Jr., and then you got LaVisca Chenault. Jordan Smith is a backup edge rusher, a rookie at a UAB. At one time was at the University of Florida and then transferred to UAB. Uh, Jordan Smith was drafted in the fourth round. Uh, I believe it was in the fourth round by the Jaguars. A lot of people said a project, but, man, he looks pretty good. Got a lot of potential. Uh, number 92, defensive end, six foot six, 255 pounds, 23 years of age, a rookie out of UAB. Dwayne Smith, Dwayne Smoot, drafted, I think, I think he was kind of a Tom Coughlin pick, you know, about four years ago. Uh, Tom Coughlin and Dave Codwell signed, um, you know, drafted Dwayne Smootin, and he wears number 91. Uh, and we all know, and we won't even talk about the guy who used to wear 91, but Dwayne Smoot wears 91 now at defensive end, six foot three, 264 pounds. He got a nice contract, a nice second contract, not, not, not a skyrocketing contract, but good money contract, a second contract from the Jaguars. He's out of Illinois. Had a good season last year in 2020, so he's in the rotation. Number 91, defensive end, six foot three, 264 pounds, Dwayne Smoot. Dwayne Smoot, uh, 26 years of age, fifth year out of Illinois. He spent all five years with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jawan Taylor, the right tackle, 
wearing number 75, right tackle on the offensive line, 6'5", 312 pounds. Out of Florida, does some fishing in the offseason. He caught a big fish here a couple of years ago, as I remember. Can't remember the kind of fish it was, but it was a big one. One of those catch-and-release type deals. Uh, Juwan Taylor, really, from all indications, man, he's got to pick up his game at right tackle to stay in the lineup. Daniel Thomas, number 20, safety out of Auburn, 5'10", 215 pounds. Man, the Jags. Got a lot of safeties on the roster. And we'll continue with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're getting down toward the end of the 53-man roster. We're also going to take a a look at the Southeastern Conference Power Rankings, the BigJReport.com, SEC Power Rankings, North Florida Entertainment coming up. Uh, We'll take a look at a complete high school football scoreboard for North Florida, South Georgia, and surrounding areas, including even a pocket of South Alabama as well. So stay with us. This is, of course, episode number episode number 53, episode number 53, season number two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We'll be right back. We're brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. LakeUfallHits.com for great internet radio. And uh, Saucer Realty for your North Florida real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, business, commercial, for your real estate needs in North Florida, go to BigJReport.com, scroll all the way down to where the weather information is, and you'll find the link for Saucer Realty uh, here in North Florida for your real estate needs. If you think you're thinking about moving to North Florida, you're thinking about maybe selling your property in North Florida or maybe buying some property in North Florida, remember Saucer Realty sanctioned for Jacksonville, Gainesville, Live Oak, Lake City, and most all areas in between in North Florida. You're listening to the Till Shirt Report podcast. We've got more coming up. Okay, we're going to get back into this Jaguars roster on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. You know, I'd also found out some information on Jacob Hollister, uh, tight end for the Jaguars. He is um, an American football tight end, playing now for the Jacksonville Jaguars of the National Football League, played his college ball in Wyoming, was a apparently a college teammate of Josh Allen, the Josh Allen who plays quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. He did not quite make the Buffalo Bills roster. The Jags have signed him, you know, as a waiver claim after all the teams got down to their 53. So let's hope uh, Jacob Hollister can find a place um, with Jacksonville and become, you know, an effective tight end. Let's get back to some of the roster um, that we were looking at a moment ago on the Jaguars. I think we last left off with Daniel Thomas, um, the safety out of Auburn. Where's number 20? That's right. He wears number 20. Daniel Thomas, safety, 5'10", 215 pounds, 23 years of age, second year out of Auburn. And he does, he's done some nice things, and he's kept his roster spot now into his second year. Uh, Jay Tefelli drafted as a rookie at a USC. 
Uh, Jay Tefelli, big defensive tackle, six foot three, three hundred and five pounds. Apparently, he opted out of his last year at USC, so he should be completely healthy now. He'll he'll wear number ninety seven for the Jaguars, and will be in on the rotation uh, with the Jaguars defensive line. He was a fourth round pick by uh, the Jaguars general manager uh, Trent Baalke. Uh, picked him in the uh, Balky picked him in the fourth round of the 2021 draft, so he is a straight up rookie out of USC. Uh, Jihad Ward is a um, free agent that uh, you know played last year with Baltimore, and I think he's a big favorite of uh, the new defensive coordinator, the Jaguars, uh, Joe Cullen. Uh, Jihad Ward will wear number 59, play defensive end, 6'5", 287 pounds. He's one of those guys that may come from this direction or that direction in the new 3-4 scheme that uh, Joe Cullen likes to run. Uh, the scheme the Jaguars run is going to be similar to what, uh, you know, what Baltimore's run for the last couple of years. Um, defensive coordinator Joe Cullen was a defensive line coach with Baltimore uh, last year in uh, 2020, now with the Jaguars as defensive coordinator, as he's been elevated to the defensive coordinator by uh, getting that defensive coordinator position with the Jacksonville Jaguars here in 2021. You know, after Urban Meyer took over as a new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he began to, you know, hire and put his coaches in uh, spots you know, such as offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel, defensive coordinator uh, Joe Cullen. Charlie Strong is basically the assistant head coach. And I know Charlie's uh, Charlie Strong is big on defense. So you got to you got to say that basically uh, Coach Charlie Strong and defense coordinator Joe Cullen are putting that defense together. The defensive line already looks to be much improved over last year in 2020. Uh, the Jaguars did sign in the offseason, uh, relatively late in the offseason, they signed Damian Wilson, uh, linebacker, six foot, 243 pounds, 28 years of age. Um, he was He's actually a seven-year veteran of the NFL, moving into his seventh year uh, now with the Jacksonville Jaguars, played his college ball in Minnesota, and has played for several NFL teams, I believe Kansas City last year, before that it, you know, played with Dallas. And so Damian Wilson is going to be a, a big part of the rotation, probably a starter at linebacker for the Jaguars. Damian Wilson wearing number 54. Andrew Winger, not everybody thought this guy would make the team, but, man, he's played. The guy's played a lot of football in the last couple of years for the Jaguars out of Wyoming. Andrew Wingard wearing number uh, 42. He's basically a safety is the position he plays, but he'll play special teams. He'll play all over the place. Six foot four, six foot. Let me, let me back up. He's six foot six, zero, six foot, 209 pounds, 24 years of age. His third year out of Wyoming, Andrew Wingard. And usually what happens if a couple of guys get injured that are playing, you know, in the defensive backfield, he'll come out and play some safety and he plays special teams too. So that's kind of the active roster at the present time. Looking at the reserve injured uh, part of the roster, these guys don't count toward the 53. Travis Etienne Jr., who sadly got a season-ending midfoot injury uh, back during the New Orleans game, I think like on his second carry of the game. 
Travis Etienne Jr., now on reserve injured. Uh, rookie out of Clemson, Terry uh, Godwin. Um, one year in the league out of Georgia. Terry Godwin, a wide receiver, also on the reserve injured list in 2021. And uh, so is Josh Jones, number 29, safety 6'2", 220 pounds, 26 years of age, in his fifth year out of North Carolina State. Uh, he is on the reserve injured list for the Jaguars as well. And right now you got uh, Dylan Moses on the reserve non-football injury list. Uh, number 57, a linebacker, six foot three, 240 pounds, age 23 out of Alabama. He's presently on the reserve non-football injury list uh, for the Jaguars. Taking a look at the practice squad, uh, you got at the present time, Lorenzo Burns, number 33, a cornerback. Doug Costin, number 58, a defensive tackle. Uh, Jeff Cotton, who made some acrobatic catches during the preseason. He's on the practice squad, number 88. Wide receiver, six foot two, two hundred and six, uh, two hundred and six pounds. Uh, played his college ball at Idaho. A one-year veteran of the NFL. Uh, Nathan Cottrell plays some running back and special teams, but he's on the practice squad. Did not make the final fifty-three. Where's number thirty-one for the Jaguars? Philip Dorsett, the second, is on the practice squad. Number thirteen, wide receiver out of Miami, Florida. Seventh year in the NFL. This guy was a high draft pick. He's been on – he's bounced around to, what, three or four different teams. He's on the Jaguars practice squad. Josh Hammond, wide receiver out of Florida, uh, one-year NFL experience. He spent most of that year on the practice squad with the Jaguars last year. and He had a good preseason, but you know, there's so many – the wide receiver numbers, so many wide receivers on the Jaguars roster – he just didn't uh, – Josh just didn't make the final cut of the final five or six uh, wide receivers. So Josh Hammond, number 81, wide receiver, six foot, 194-pound, undrafted um, free agent going going into his second year in the NFL, but really spending all most all of his time on the practice squad now. Uh, Kyle Laletta. The Jags just recently must have signed this guy, Kyle Laletta. Number 14, he's a quarterback. You know, Jake Luton, you know, after he got away by the Jaguars, he signed with the Seattle Seahawks. So the Jags had to scramble and grab somebody. They grabbed uh, Kyle Laletta, number 14, quarterback, six foot three, 221 pounds, 26 years of age, his second year in the NFL out of Richmond, played his college ball for the Richmond Spiders. And I don't know much about him, but he's on the practice squad. Casey McDermott, uh, offensive lineman on the practice squad, um, number 62 out of Miami, Florida. Uh, we know about Divina Zigbo, number 22, running back out of Nebraska in his third year in the NFL. He was pretty much injured most of all of last year, but he's on the practice squad now for the Jaguars. Divina Zigbo had a good game against Dallas in the final preseason game where I think he got – I think he carried the ball as many as nine or ten times for like 68 yards, most of which was in late in the third quarter or fourth quarter. He didn't make the final roster, but he's on the practice squad. That's Divina Zigbo. Brandon uh, uh, Rusnak, cornerback out of Michigan, uh, third-year guy on the practice squad. Devin Smith, who was signed late in the preseason. 
uh, former Ohio State Buckeye. He's on the practice squad, a wide receiver, his fifth year in the NFL, 29 years of age. Matt uh, Sokol's on the practice squad, a tight end, 6'5", 249 pounds out of Michigan State. Uh, let's see, Badara Traore. Uh, Badara Traore. Um, at an LSU offensive tackle, six foot seven, three hundred and twenty pounds, wearing number seventy six is on the practice squad. Hey, Laquan Treadwell, out of Ole Miss, he made the practice squad. He didn't make the fifty three, but he made the practice squad. Uh, number eighteen wide receiver at Ole Miss, six two, two hundred and fifteen pounds, twenty six years of age, fourth year in the NFL. He's on the practice squad. And Travor Wallace Sims, number seventy seven, an offensive lineman, big guy too. Six foot five, 330 pounds, 23 years of age. Uh, had one year in the NFL out of Missouri. Really big guy. He just didn't make the final 53. So he's a practice squad offensive lineman for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you got one player left on the reserve COVID 19 list. AJ Can, number 60, projected as a starting offensive lineman at right guard for the Jaguars. Um, hopefully he'll be off the reserve COVID-19 list sometime this week before the game at Houston. When he comes off the reserve COVID-19 list, that means the Jaguars will probably have to make one more cut uh, to their roster. So we'll see what happens. But presently, A.J. can still on the reserve COVID-19 list as of Sunday, September the 5th of 2021. A.J. Can in his seventh year with the Jacksonville Jaguars, moving into his seventh year out of South Carolina. And that's basically it. The uh, COVID-19 list with one more guy, A.J. Can, final guy on that list. Uh, we gave you the practice squad, the 53, with an addition of a new tight end with uh, uh, Jeff Hollister out of Wyoming. Uh, Buffalo Bills released him a few days ago, and the Jags have signed him. And so he kind of makes like the uh, the fourth, I believe, the fourth tight end on the roster now for the Jaguars. The Jaguars have cut Tim Tebow. Um, you know, they did waive, uh, you know, Davis out of Georgia Tech, who they drafted late in the draft last year. Um, and Ellison, what was his name, Ben Ellison? Uh, one of the Jaguars' tight ends waived was actually picked up by the Minnesota Vikings. So there you go. Got some guys waived by the Jaguars, some of which have been picked up by you know some other teams across the NFL. So that's a look at the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars' complete roster, even the new addition, Jeff Hollister, the tight end, uh, the practice squad, um, A.J. Ken still on the COVID-19 reserve list as of now on Sunday, September the 5th. I think he'll be coming off that list this week, and then the Jags may have to make one more cut uh, prior to the uh, the game at Houston on Sunday, uh, September the 12th. Uh, we got the SEC Power Rankings coming up for you. Uh, high School Football Scoreboard, North Florida Entertainment, some reports and interviews and with uh, high school football. Alex Nunry covered the Bartram Trail uh, Columbus uh, game. Columbus out of Miami of Florida. That's uh, Columbus High School out of Miami, Florida. Uh, Bartram Trail played Columbus High out of uh, Miami, Florida. And Alex Nunnery has uh, a report on that game and I believe an interview also. 
So we'll continue with more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming right up. Hey, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, we want to wish again a happy birthday to Zoe, uh, Zoe Korea Martha, uh, from your guy, Big George Bowen, number 99 in the middle of the defensive line, who played for the uh, Southern Steam in 2021. Also played in the alumni game for the West Virginia Rough Riders. Big George Bowen, a good friend of our Teal Shirt Report podcast. And I know he wanted to wish. Zoe Korea Martha, very happy birthday to Zoe Korea Martha from her guy, Big George Bowen. We're going to take a look at uh, the power rankings, a lot of things going on in college football. College football is now underway now. Let's uh, take a look at some of the scores we've got. Um, you know, certainly from uh, college football, Alabama won their game. Georgia, man, Georgia beat Clemson. And a defensive struggle, 10-3. to 3. Can you believe that? Um, again, we mentioned a little bit earlier that the Jacksonville Jaguars have added uh, tight end Jeff Hollister, who most recently was in training camp with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, getting back to college football, Georgia defeated Clemson. Uh, I understand Notre Dame plays at Florida State on Sunday night, tonight actually, as we record this podcast. But taking a look, at the SEC Power Rankings, uh, Big J Report SEC Power Rankings, Auburn blew out Akron 60 to 10 as the Auburn War Eagles, Auburn Tigers solidified their number five spot in the SEC Power Rankings. Big J Report SEC Power Rankings after week one, number one, going to give that spot still to Georgia. Georgia beat Clemson 10 to 3. Alabama number two, but it's razor's edge between Georgia and Alabama. Alabama smoked Miami of Florida 44 to 13 up in Atlanta. Razor's close, razor close between Bama and Georgia. Number three, Florida. Florida outplayed FAU, coached by Willie Taggart. Uh, Florida outplayed FAU 35 to 14, a good win uh, for the Florida Gators. Uh, you know, winning that game by 21 points over FAU. And FAU two or three years ago had some bowl teams when Lane Kiffin was the coach there. Uh, Texas A&M is, is ranked fourth in our SEC power rankings, Auburn fifth. I moved S, I moved Ole Miss up to sixth. Uh, we dropped, and of course, Ole Miss has a very good quarterback in Matt Corral. I moved Ole Miss up to sixth. LSU dropped to seventh. LSU dropped to seventh. Um, LSU dropped a spot after losing to UCLA at UCLA, thirty to twenty-seven. I got Missouri as a dark horse at eight. Arkansas with a pretty good offensive line, and Arkansas is ranked ninth, and they won their opener. Missouri won their opener too. Uh, Kentucky had a uh, you know big win. Uh, you know they're one and zero. They they're still tenth. But Missouri, Arkansas, and Kentucky, very, very close. Missouri at eighth. 
Missouri at eight is a dark horse in the SEC. Arkansas ninth. Arkansas could be a surprise team this year with most of their offensive line returning. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Kentucky's offensive line. They're 10th. We moved Tennessee up to 11th. New Vols coach Josh Heupel uh, wins his opener on Thursday night. It was um, actually Josh Heupel defeating Josh Heupel, Josh Heupel's volunteers. First-year coach Josh Heupel at Tennessee won his opener as the new head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, Tennessee won that game on Thursday night of last week, 38-6 to over Bowling Green. You know, and that would have been – heck, that would have been on uh, Thursday night, uh, which actually would have been September the 2nd, right? That's right, September the 2nd, Thursday night, September the 2nd, Tennessee defeated Bowling Green, 38-6. to We did move Tennessee up. Uh, to the 11th spot. South Carolina moved up uh, a, a position as well. South Carolina moved up a spot after a blowout win over Eastern Illinois. Uh, Mississippi State fell a couple of spots, you know, after almost getting defeated. Mississippi State, the Pirate Mike Leach, hung on by one point over Louisiana Tech in a come-from-behind win. But Mississippi State drops two spots with a squeaky win. And how about Vanderbilt? They're rock bottom, and they are rock bottom. Vanderbilt may have reached an all-time low. Uh, number 14, Vanderbilt dropped their opener. Can you believe Vanderbilt lost to East Tennessee State 23-3 in week one? So Vanderbilt, 14th in our BigJReport.com SEC power rankings. Vanderbilt, 14th in the league. Vandy rock bottom with an in-state loss to East Tennessee State 23-3 in week number one. Talking about the Georgia win, well, you got to say that, heck, Georgia, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs, you know, with a, with really a big win over over Clemson 10-3. And, you know, we, we, we heard a lot of good things from our Georgia Bulldog football insider. Um, Max, Max, uh, Mad Max, and uh, Georgia pressured the quarterback of Clemson. They got, I believe, as many as seven sacks in the game. And we'll take a look at some of the scores in the SEC as we've been talking power rankings. Uh, Tennessee did defeat Bowling Green 38-6 on September the 2nd. Uh, Kentucky with a big win over um, the University of Louisiana at Monroe. That's uh, University of Louisiana Monroe. Kentucky beat UL Monroe 45 to 10. Arkansas with a nice win over Rice 38 to 17. Alabama really did smoke Miami up in Atlanta. Uh, Alabama ranked number one in the country, but number two in our power rankings. But I'm going to tell you, Georgia and Alabama are razor are razor sharp close at one and two. Alabama 44, Miami 13. Mississippi State came from behind and defeated Louisiana Tech 35 to 34. The Pirate Mike Leach escaped with a one-point win with his air raid offense. Uh, Missouri with a good win over Central Michigan. Missouri defeated the Chippewas of Central Michigan 34 to 24. Auburn destroyed the Akron Zips, Auburn 60. 
Akron 10, Auburn stays at number five in our power rankings. Um, you know, South Carolina moved up a little bit. South Carolina moved from 13 to 12th in our power rankings. South Carolina with a 46 to nothing win over Eastern Illinois, proving that their new coach can win a game, right? Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs ranked fifth in the nation, but now first in our SEC power rankings. They're going to move up in the nation too. They're going to be right up there with it, right near Alabama. Georgia 10, Clemson 3 on Saturday, September the 4th. Florida with a nice opening uh, day winning Gainesville 35 to 14 over FAU. Texas A&M smashed uh, Kent State. Texas A&M 41, Kent State 10. Texas A&M fourth in our BigJReport.com SEC power rankings. And again, Vanderbilt's kind of reached a new low. Uh, Vanderbilt, uh, and they were at home too. Can you imagine that? Vanderbilt at home in Nashville losing to East Tennessee State University. It was East Tennessee State University 23, Vanderbilt 3. How many points will Vanderbilt score in the SEC in the conference games in 2021? It's going to, it could get ugly for Vanderbilt. LSU lost to UCLA, UCLA 38, LSU 27. Ole Miss didn't play, but they actually moved up a spot to six with their quarterback, Matt Corral, and their head coach, Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss will play Louisville on Monday night. They're actually going to play a Monday night game on ESPN. This is the week um, really before the NFL season starts. So, of course, you know, that means that Ole Miss will play Louisville on Monday night. So Lane Kiffin and, um, you know, Louisville, they've, they've not played yet. Uh, Ole Miss, we, we've got to mention this recently. Ole Miss uh, coach Lane Kiffin recently tested positive for COVID-19. So it looks like the assistant coach, um, you know, will be running the team for now. Um, Lane Kiffin, football coach at Ole Miss, the head coach, will miss Monday's game after a positive test for COVID-19 as the assistant coach uh, for Ole Miss will be running the team. So there you go. Um, so Lane Kiffin hopefully will get healthy, get a uh, not a will get a good not a positive test but a negative test soon, and be back on the sidelines. But he won't be on the sidelines in the Monday night game when Ole Miss plays Louisville. And that's going to about do it for the. Um, the BigJReport.com SEC Power Rankings. We gave you, you know, our list from uh, 1 through 14. What about Oklahoma? Texas and Oklahoma planning to join the SEC in 2025 or maybe even as early as next year, in the next year or two. Um, understand Oklahoma just barely defeated Tulane. Isn't that amazing that uh, there was a close game? Um and Tulane could have won that game. It was a close game. Uh, Tulane did uh, did end up getting defeated by Oklahoma. Um, Florida Gators won their opener over FAU 35-14. to um, Some of the big games, uh, Florida 35, FAU 14. We mentioned that game earlier. Georgia 10, Clemson 3, the final. And, again, Alabama 44, Miami of Florida 13. 
Um, big win for Georgia, 10 to three over Clemson, of course. And, you know, we, uh, we saw a big upset in the PAC 12. One of the teams wasn't even from the PAC 12 Montana, the Montana Grizzlies shocked Washington, Montana Grizzlies, 13, the Washington Huskies seven on Saturday, September the 4th. Um, you know, Oklahoma came close um, to getting defeated by Tulane. I think Oklahoma won the game by, what, four points? And uh, Tulane really had a chance, you know, really had a chance to win that game, as you know. But, uh, and again, Oklahoma, you better play better. You better play better when you finally arrive in the SEC in the next couple of years. Um. I tell you what, Oklahoma really got away with one. Oklahoma 40 to lane 35, the final on Saturday, September the 4th. So that's kind of our look at college football. Uh, we got the high school football scoreboard coming up. Uh, reports from Alex Nunry on the Bartram Trail Columbus High School game. This is Columbus High School out of, out of I believe, the Miami, Florida area. And, um, of course, we do cover, you know, high school football, North Florida, South Georgia, and a pocket of South Alabama as well. And we'll be getting a report from Alex Nunnery on the Bartram Trail, uh, Columbus High School game, Columbus High School out of South Florida. So we'll take a look at the high school football scoreboard, give you as many scores as, as we can find on high school football in North Florida, South Georgia, and surrounding areas, and even a little pocket of South Alabama scores we'll give you as well. And we'll take a look at North Florida entertainment still to come right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Hey, this is the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast. Duval, come on. Getting ready for the Jaguars' first game. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans on Sunday, September the 12th, kickoff at 1 o'clock. Jags actually a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Some of the experts say you should play Houston. Pick Houston. Bet on Houston, what some of the betting public says. But the Jaguars about a two-two-and-a-half-point favorite. And the season opener on Sunday, September the 12th, kickoff at 1 o'clock. Uh, in uh, Houston. Well, we were talking in college football a moment ago. It looks like Oklahoma, who in the future potentially will be, it looks like going into the SEC with Texas, Oklahoma dodged a bullet. Man, they really dodged one against Tulane. And somehow, you know, somehow uh, Oklahoma pulled that game out against Tulane. Isn't that amazing that uh, Oklahoma pulled that game out um, Oklahoma 40 to lane 35, but Hey, they gave up 35 points to Tulane to the Tulane green wave. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Texas, apparently Texas did not play on Saturday, September the 4th. It looks like they're going to open their season against a, uh, well, they, you know, longtime rival, the Arkansas Razorbacks. And obviously if, uh, if things align properly and potentially, Texas joins the SEC, which a lot of people feel they're going to. Texas Longhorns play at the Arkansas Razorbacks on Saturday, next Saturday, or this coming Saturday now, September the 11th, at Razorback Stadium at Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, this will give Arkansas a good indication on if they are going to be 
you know, that surprise team, uh, possibly that surprise team in the SEC West in 2021. You know, Arkansas, you know, actually Arkansas, um, you know, they're, you know, in our rankings, our bigjreport.com, uh, SEC power rankings, Arkansas is ninth, and we, we kind of look at Arkansas as a surprise team, ninth in our power rankings right now. Could they even go higher? Uh, Arkansas, you know, did actually win their home opener over Rice, 38-17. to Next week, though, on Saturday, uh, let's see, on Saturday, Saturday, September the 11th, the Texas Longhorns will be traveling to Arkansas. Arkansas will host the Texas Longhorns and really kind of a future SEC West showdown, right? Right now, the Texas still in the Big 12 as of this year. Arkansas, of course, in the SEC West, certainly uh, fully entrenched in the SEC West. But Texas plays at Arkansas. That would be a big one on Saturday, uh, September the 11th. We're going to take a look at the high school football scoreboard, also North Florida Entertainment. Let's pull up some uh, North Florida Entertainment, shall we? Uh, you know, right here at the Teal Shirt Report podcast, brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. LakeUfallahits.com. Keep those cards and letters coming. LakeUfallahits.com, where it's all good. It's all good. Great internet radio at LakeUfallahits.com where they have rock Saturdays. Um, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. And, of course, LakeUfallahits.com with some some deep tracks or deep cuts late at night, too. So check them out. Check them out 24-7. LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. So we're going to take a look now at uh, North Florida Entertainment, uh, some of the concerts you know around the area, and we will be updating some of these. But a lot of these concerts are concerts that that certainly I personally recommend to people, and, and they're shows that I would enjoy going to as well. So um, let's look ahead to what's coming up. Santana on Tuesday night, September the 21st of 2021. At 8 o'clock p.m. at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Donald Fagan and Steely Dan of the Times Union Center in Jacksonville, Florida on Tuesday night, October the 19th at 8 o'clock p.m. Tickets now on sale for Steely Dan. Uh, ZZ Top, uh, of course, without uh, Mr. Dusty, who, um, you know, passed away recently. But ZZ Top's already got the replacement ready to go. And I think it's uh, Dusty Hill's... um, he knew who the replacement was. Dusty Hill was 72 and passed away just a few weeks ago. But the show must go on. ZZ Top on Sunday night, November the 14th of 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater uh, here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. So some good shows coming up. Um, you know, Dusty Hill of ZZ Top, you know, passed away a few weeks ago. He was 72 years of age. And we were all saddened to learn of the, um, you know, the recent passing of uh, legend, ZZ Top guitar and singer Dusty Hill. Um, you know, the surviving members are going to miss him, you know, like uh, Billy Gibbons and and the rest of the band was ZZ Top. Dusty Hill, um, top bassist, ZZ Top top bassist, uh, passed away at 72. Um, 
again just a few weeks ago. Taking a look at some of the other uh, concerts uh, that are coming up, we mentioned, of course, ZZ Top, the show must go on. Um, ZZ Top playing with heavy hearts, but they do have Dusty Hill's replacement, and Dusty uh, was on board and knew who the replacement uh, would be for him if he did pass away, and he, he certainly did a few weeks ago. ZZ Top on Sunday night, November the 14th of 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Great venue. I mean, intimate venue. About 1,900 people uh, can get in there. Casey and the Sunshine Band. Uh, here we go. Casey and the Sunshine Band on Saturday night, January the 22nd of 2022 at 7.30 p.m. Uh, coming in just a few months to the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. Even with COVID issues, I understand venues have been packed. Florida Theater, uh, there was a big crowd in Gainesville for the Florida Gator victory, you know, over uh, FAU, the FAU Owls. Florida won 35 to 14. I uh, got some, some pictures from Gainesville. Uh, on our BigJReport.com website, to Florida winning over FAU 35-14 to in the season opener on Saturday night, September the 4th. But back to the concerts. Again, we'll repeat ZZ Top on Sunday night, November the 14th at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Casey and the Sunshine Band on Saturday night next year, January the 22nd of 2022 at 7.30 p.m. That's just coming in a few months to the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Hopefully the COVID situation will improve that much more by then. Elton John and the Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour in 2022 on April the 23rd of 2022 at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we're going to take a look at uh, high school football scores as, of course, a lot of uh, high school football games played in North Florida, South Georgia, and surrounding areas. I think we've even got some um, some scores from South Alabama, too. A lot of scores to report to you. Again, some of the big ones in college football. College football scoreboard, Alabama 44, Miami of Florida 13. Georgia with a huge defensive win. It was a defensive struggle. Georgia 10, Clemson 3, the final. Georgia got a lot of uh, good pressure on the new Clemson quarterback. As you know, Trevor Lawrence was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Clemson has a new quarterback playing. Uh, Georgia won that game. Georgia 10, Clemson 3. I believe Georgia's defense got as many as seven sacks on the Clemson quarterback. And uh, Florida A&M, I'm sorry, Florida uh, I get them confused with Florida A&M sometimes. FAU, Florida Atlantic University. Florida Atlantic University, 14. The Florida Gators, 35. So the Florida Gators defeated uh, the Florida Gators um, defeated FAU uh, 35 to 14 on Saturday night in Gainesville on a warm night in Gainesville. But Alex Nunry was there, and he said it was nice weather for that game in Gainesville on Saturday night, September the 4th. Florida Gators 35, FAU uh, 14, of course. Um, we're going to take a look at the complete high school uh, football scoreboard as well. So let's take a look at some high school uh, football scores, uh, shall we? Um, 
Let's pull up the high school football scores we've got most recently. Here we go. High school football scoreboard for North Florida, South Georgia, um, Central Florida, even some teams in Central Florida and surrounding areas, small pocket of South Alabama. Friday night, September the 3rd. Um, Well, these were the September the 3rd scores, which were just a couple of days ago, actually. The Terry Parker Braves, 9, Fletcher Senators, 7, final. Uh, formerly Jacksonville Lee High School, now known as the Riverside Generals, 40, the Atlantic Coast Stingray, 7, the final score. Riverside High School, formerly Lee High School, a really good team this year. Gainesville Buckholtz, 28, Jacksonville Sandalwood Saints, 7, the final. Got this score called in or, or messaged in from Apopka, uh, uh, our, our good friend Larry Cole from Apopka. Popka Blue Darters, 13 West Orange, nothing a final. A good bit of rain during this one, according to our Popka Blue Darter insider, Larry Cole. Uh, Lake Brantley, Lake Brantley defeated Lyman. Lake Brantley, 36, Lyman, 7 the final. University Christian, 34, Zephyr Hills Christian, 13. Uh, Oak Leaf defeated Carroll City, Oak Leaf, 40. Carroll City 30. Oakleaf is where, um, you know, uh, linebacker um, uh, Shaq Quarterman played high school ball at Oakleaf. Oakleaf defeated uh, Carroll City 40 to 30. Shaq Quarterman played his college ball at, at the U at Miami. Now he's a linebacker with the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NFL. But going back to where he played high school ball, Oakleaf won their game on Friday night. Uh, that was Friday night, September the 3rd, Oakley 40, Carroll City 30. Uh, Union County, uh, this game was brought to our attention, uh, you know, by our good friend uh, Dave David Stiegel, you know, out of, uh, he, he lives in the uh, Baker County, Union, I'm sorry, the Union County area, uh, Union County, Florida, the Union County, Florida Tigers 50, Bradford County Tornadoes. Uh, 21. David Stiegel lives in Lake Butler, I believe, actually, in the Union County area. And he uh, he brought this score to our attention. Union County, Florida Tigers, 50. Bradford County Tornadoes, 21, the final score. Uh, Spruce Creek defeated Mandarin. Um, of course, uh, Carson Begg, now the, I believe he's a backup quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs, according to our Georgia Bulldog football insider, Mad Max. Spruce Creek defeated Mandarin. Carson Beck's uh, former high school, or the, where he did go to high school and win a state championship. Spruce Creek 15, Mandarin Mustangs 14, St. Augustine 44, Menendez nothing, Bishop Kenny Crusaders 24, uh, the Inglewood Rams 12, a final on Friday night, September the 3rd, Andrew Jackson Tigers 33, Providence 14, a final, Creekside 37, Nice 27, a final. I had heard earlier in the day on Friday, uh, back on September the 3rd, on Friday, September the 3rd, that the um, the Friday night game between Ed White versus Westside game had been postponed or canceled due to health issues and concerns, basically COVID. Westside did find, they did find another opponent. Uh, Westside ended up playing Swanee County as Westside did find another opponent. Swanee County, Live Oak 43, Westside 13, the final uh, Orange Park Raiders, 38, Ridgeview, 7, the final. Trinity Christian Academy defeated Reebok. 
Trinity Christian Academy 37, Jacksonville rebought nothing. Middleburg defeated Eastside. Uh, Middleburg, and I believe Eastside is actually from Gainesville. Uh, Middleburg 40, Eastside 23, the final. Eustis 31, Palatka 28. That's right, Eustis 31, Palatka 28, the final. Pontevedra defeated Episcopal, Mark Brunel's old team. Uh, where Mark Brunel was the head coach last year and for many years at Episcopal. Bonavidra, 34, Episcopal, nothing the final. Mark Brunel is now the quarterback coach for the Detroit Lions in the NFL. So, again, it was, uh, let's see, backing up some scores here. Middleburg, 40, Eastside, 23, the final. Eustis, 31, Palatka, 28, a final. Pontevedra, 34, Episcopal, known as ESJ, Episcopal School of Jacksonville, nothing. Again, that was Pontevedra, 34, Episcopal, nothing. Uh, Vieira, I believe they're pronounced Vera or Vieira, 31, Baker County, Florida, Wildcats, 22. Uh, the Bulls Bulldogs, where Chipper Jones played his high school football and baseball at. Bulls Bulldogs, 34, Lake City, Columbia County, 7. Boy, haven't seen Lake City, Columbia County lose a game at, uh, at that particular type score in a long time getting beaten kind of badly by Bowles. Bowles is a good team, though. Bowles, Bulldogs, 34, Lake City, Columbia County, 7. Uh, Bartram Trail Bears defeated the Columbus, Miami area. Columbus High School team, Columbus High School out of Miami, Florida, area 6. Bartram Trail, Bartram Trail won that game. Bartram Trail, 12. Um, Columbus High School out of the South Florida, Miami area, 6. And we actually have a report on that game and interviews with Alex Nunnery. Let's now join Alex Nunnery, who was at the Columbus High School Bartram Trail game on Friday night, uh, September the 3rd. Here now is BigJReport.com sports reporter Alex Nunnery. Alex. We do want to say hello to all our new listeners in Brazil. And to everyone out there listening to the TLSR Report podcast, once again, my name is Alex Nunnery. I am the sports reporter for the BigJReport.com. We are here at, once again, Bartram Trail High School in Fruit Cove, Florida. Which is about 20 miles south of downtown Jacksonville. Arian Smith and JJ Pereira. On the stop on fourth down, Columbus is first and ten, Bartram Trail. With 2.43 left in the football game. The ball on the Columbus 45-yard line. Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the conclusion of this terrific football game. Your score, the Bears okay, from so Bartram Trail High School, 12. And the Explorers from Columbus, 6.
good luck to both of these teams, ladies and gentlemen. And hopefully Columbus has a very safe drive home as well. That's a four and a half hour drive for Columbus. If you're wondering, it's about 340 miles to Columbus High School in Southwest Miami. All right, we're here with the Columbus coach, Dave Dunn, correct? Yes. He's in his fifth year overall, but third year since he's been back. What a game y'all played. Unfortunately, the outcome didn't go your way, but tell us how y'all played, Coach. Uh, just way too many mistakes. Three turnovers and a safety uh, really sealed our fate. Um, we knew they were a really good defense, very, very stingy. They're a big physical team, well coached, and we felt if we could um, you know, not turn the ball over and play field position, we could win the game. And we didn't do that. You know, we, we, that was our one goal. We thought that, that was our that was our avenue to win this game, and we didn't do it. And uh, you know, they, they they capitalized our turnovers and our mistakes. And uh, you know, hats off to Bartram Trail. They outplayed us and they won the football game. Yes, sir. How is it like coming back to Columbus after a long stretch gone? It's been great. You know, it's been great. It's uh, you know, not today's not tonight's not the best night, but it's been yeah. it's been overall. We got great kids. I feel I have a phenomenal coaching staff, and uh, you know, uh, I'm. All right, we're here with the Explorers quarterback, Hernando Mendoza. It wasn't, a, it was a good game by the Explorers. Unfortunately, the outcome didn't happen. But how did you play tonight? I thought our defense is a state uh, state championship level defense. I think our offense needed to improve. We missed on some, you know, easy things, but that's what happens in the in the first part of the season. We have a tough stretch ahead of us, and offense is going to pick us up. And we're just gonna we're gonna just keep on going. And you know, the ultimate goal is states, but we got to fix the little things before we can even even think of that. All right, how is it like committing to a good school like Yale? Or how how often do you talk to those coaches over there? So. Me and Coach Cahill, the quarterback and offensive coordinator, and us as well as Coach Reno, the head coach, we have a really good relationship. So that's why I thought it was the right decision. Me and Coach Cahill talk about probably either two or three times a week because we just both. Hey, thank you, um, Alex Nunnery. Thank you so much, Alex Nunnery, for that uh, that fine report on the Bartram Trail Columbus High School game. Uh, Columbus High School out of, I believe, the Miami, Florida area down in South Florida. And Bartram Trail won the game. You heard Alex on the report, Bartram Trail 12, uh, Columbus High School out of South Florida, 6. It was Bartram Trail 12, Columbus High School 6 out of the Miami, Florida area. It's a big win for Bartram Trail. And uh, going back to the uh, more of the high school scores we've got on really almost a complete high school uh, football scoreboard, Bartram Trail Bears 12, uh, Columbus out of the Miami, Florida area 6. Uh, South Alabama. How about this? The Lee Generals in Alabama. There actually is a Lee High School Generals in Alabama. The Lee High School Generals 17. The Eufaula Alabama Tigers 10. Final. And uh, I believe Eufaula Alabama is now already 1-2 and two on their regular season here in 2021. So that is some of the high school football scores, of course, uh, that we have kind of Kind of up to the minute. Going to move into Georgia, give you some scores from Georgia also. How about this? Applin County. Applin County 41, South Effingham 10. Uh, some other scores, Carver 28, Spring Valley 15. 
uh, Pierce County 38, Claxton nothing. I think that's Claxton, Georgia. They're kind of famous for making that fruitcake, right? Claxton fruitcake all those years. Uh, Pierce County 38, Claxton, Georgia nothing. Southland Academy, um, that's Southland Academy 16, Deerfield Windsor 14, uh, Carver 28, Spring Valley 15, Cook County defeated Pelham, Cook County 24, Pelham 20, uh, Lynette 26, Carver 21, uh, Central defeated Smith Station, Central 56, Smith Station nothing, Fitzgerald, Georgia 35, Turner County 12, Turner County out of Ashburn, Georgia. Uh, Charlton County out of Folkestone. Charlton County, 40. Long County, nothing. Uh, Savannah Christian, 47. Valwood, 7. Schley County, where uh, Randolph Clay head football coach Jim McFather uh, coached after his days at Randolph Clay. Coached Schley County, I think, for a couple of years. Schley County got a pretty good team this year. Schley County, 35. Wilcox County, nothing. Uh, I believe Jim McFather's kind of retired from coaching, but they used to coach that Sly County team just a, just a handful of years ago. Sly County, 35. Wilcox County, nothing. Uh, Worth County, 34. America Sumter, 7. I remember America. They, they used to have two different schools, America's High School and then Sumter County High School. A few years ago, they combined the two schools, and it's now they're now known as America Sumter. Worth County, 34. America Sumter, 7. Up in Georgia, uh, Callaway defeated Hardaway. Callaway, 23. Hardaway, 14. Uh, Northside, 62. Spencer, 6. And how about this? Maplesville, 69. And Barber County, nothing. I think Barber County won a game a couple of weeks ago by a forfeit. So it's been topsy-turvy. There's been some, you know, at times there's been some uh, games uh, due to health concerns, COVID concerns or issues that have actually been postponed or canceled. And that may continue still over the next, uh, you know, few weeks of the high school football season. But as we take a look at uh, what's going on with high school football throughout North Florida, South Georgia, Central Florida, even uh, pockets, um, you know, of South Alabama and high school football, most games are getting played, but we are getting occasional postponements or cancellations. What I have found has been pretty good, though, is that if a team could not play a game due to health concerns or COVID issues, any something involving COVID, because I think there was actually a game postponed a week or two ago. Uh, I think that was Baldwin because they actually, the students could not attend school. They were having to do like online classes and that might have affected them being able to play a game. So it's been a lot of different things going on um, concerning health concerns, COVID issues or concerns with games being either postponed or completely canceled outright. But when one team can't play, it's been kind of nice where the team that can't play but could still play because their opponent couldn't play, sometimes they're able to find another opponent to play that might have an open week or an off week, if you will. So that's kind of a rundown of uh, some of the high school football scores for North Florida, South Georgia, even a couple of scores out of Central Florida, and even a you know a, a pocket of scores out of uh, South or Southeast Alabama as well. So that's a look at the high school football scoreboard rundown. And Alex Nunnery, thank you for your report at the uh, Bartram Trail Columbus High School game uh, as Bartram Trail 
uh, defeated Columbus High School out of, I believe, the Miami, Florida area, Bartram Trail 12. Again, the Bartram Trail Bears 12 and Columbus High School out of Miami 6. That's a look at the complete high school scoreboard rundown. Um, you know, we're, we're, we cover high school football for North Florida, South Georgia, Central Florida, uh, and even parts of South Alabama as well. So thank you for joining us for the high school football scores on our high school football scoreboard. As part of the Teal Shirt Report, as part of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, I should say, and uh, we do check Jacksonville Jaguars football info, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports, the SEC football power rankings. So we're doing a lot right here on this one podcast, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening in. Want to thank my uh, producers of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Want to thank Alex Nunry, our BigJReport.com sports reporter. Want to thank Alex Nunry for producing our podcast, along with JC as well. Thank you guys so much for all the outstanding support from our producers, Alex Nunry, and also JC. This has been the 53rd episode of season number two, the 53rd episode show of season number two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm out. Hey, we'll talk to you again next time on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Have a great day, and thank you for listening. Wait a minute. I've got an I've got an encore announcement. One more high school football score we want to get in here. Uh, Tip County won. They beat Banneker. Tip County 29, Banneker 15. That's, uh, you know, Zach Brown's old high school. Zach Brown, who plays for the Jacksonville Sharks in the National Arena League. Uh, this year, the Albany Empire, the Albany New York Empire, won the National Arena League Championship as they defeated the Columbus Georgia Lions in that championship game a few weeks ago. But hey, we did want to mention Jacksonville Sharks. Uh, Zach Brown, who plays fullback and linebacker for the Jacksonville Sharks, his old high school, Tip County, won on uh, Friday night. Uh, back on September the 3rd, it was Tip County 29. And Banneker 15, the final score. So we wanted to get make sure we got that in on uh, this podcast, which uh, has been recorded on uh, this uh, Sunday, September the 5th. Thank you for listening. Uh, we cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports such as the Southeastern Conference Power Rankings, give you a high school football scoreboard, and hope you enjoyed other area sports. And, of course, the um, – uh, the reports with um, Alex Nunry. That's right. Alex uh, had a report and uh, some interviews uh, from the Bartram Trail game uh, versus Columbus High out of Miami. Um, also, um, while we're at it here, I before we go, since we're doing a little encore here, we want to mention that on Saturday, September the 4th, as AAA baseball for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp is nearing the end of the season, uh, the Shrimp have had a good year. They've won 60 games so far. Uh, the Shrimp 60 and 47 on the season. Um, the Jacksonville, let's see, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp lost to Durham on Saturday night, September the 4th. The Durham Bulls, the tough Durham Bulls, five. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, two. The Durham Bulls are 30 games over 500 with a record of 68 and 38 for the Durham Bulls. Meanwhile, the Jumbo Shrimp have had really a good year in 2021, their first season of AAA baseball, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 60. 
um, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, 60 wins and 47 losses. And want to mention real quickly, JAA, the JAA mocks Juco football. Uh, they will be um, playing their first game. Uh, they will be hosting their first game on September the 11th, and they're playing a school. I understand they're playing a JUCO team out of Atlanta, and I believe Alex Nunry said they're called the Atlanta Lancers of JUCO football. So, again, JAA, we wish you well. You got your first game coming up on September the 11th. Uh, we actually thought they were going to start about a week earlier than they have. But again, due to health concerns, what have you, uh, it looks like JAA's first game for the JAA Juco Mocks. The JAA Mocks will be playing their first game on September the 11th. They will be playing the Atlanta Institute Lancers. That's right, the Atlanta Institute of Business Lancers. The Atlanta Lancers will play the JAA Mocks on September the 11th. And, uh, hey, we understand that uh, JAA will be hosting the game at Clay High School against the Atlanta Lancers in Juco football. So that'll do it. A little bit of an encore to come back and finish it off. Again, very special thanks to our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, LakeUfollowHits.com, and you can follow us at BigJReport.com. Special thanks to our producers of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Special thanks to our producers, Alex Nunry and JC. And until next time, you guys have a have a great day. We'll be back soon. Thank you for listening. 